what's up what's good what's good part whatever we're on right now of our live conversations with uh our producers highlighting uh some of our african-american black uh gospel producers uh on the site uh on loop community uh so i'm pleasured to be able to talk to uh some of our great uh producers uh on this on this uh afternoon i hope everybody's doing well I'm going to be bringing in one of my good friends and one of our dope producers on the site. It is um, Mr. Jan Hunter Jr. We want to highlight Jan, a great producer. So I'm going to bring in Jan and I'm going to be bringing in uh, a few others. Let's bring in Jan. Waiting for Jan. Jan's connecting. Sir. Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on with your brother? 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 Man, just... uh. Finishing up some loop community stuff. Uh, That's what we just, do. I just finished uh, Atmosphere Shift, man. That's what we do, man. It's, it's done. So um, all I need awesome. to do at this point is upload. I gotta gotta uh, re get refreshed. Uh oh. Yeah, been... Yo, my sister's in here, Naomi. Hey, how you doing? Yes, Naomi Rain. Naomi Rain, great name. Naomi Rain. I want to get her name right. Awesome, yeah. amazing Yo. artist. What's up? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing Frank, artist. What's up, Frank Fluker? I see my people in here. What's up? Yeah, they they get they here for it, man. They here for it. So yeah, the, it's been a few days since you uploaded, so you got to get refreshed on on added all in. And stuff like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, sir. Well, man, I appreciate you taking the time. You know, me and you we talk on just about the daily anyway. So you know, yeah. this this should be a good good little conversation for us to just kind of wrap about uh, wrap about and talk about you know with this current situation. Um, that we have this going on across the nation, across the um, uh, the world, you know, has really kind of gotten involved uh, and is really paying attention to what we got going on on our stage right now in the U.S. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's some it's some very real stuff, some very real interesting things, and, and we want to kind of highlight it and talk about it today. But first, before we get into some of that, I do want to. Um, um, do want to celebrate you in this respect because this is part of what it's about and highlighting what you do because not only are you a great industry producer that has produced for some major artists and done some great things in the music gospel music industry itself but you're also one of our top contributors or top producers on loop community if you scroll down to the bottom on the front page of loop community and you look in the top 10 producers you're going to see Jan hunter jr as one of the top producers uh, in on our site. So out of all of our community of, I think we're getting close to 200,000 users or more, you know, on our site, it's it's grown in by leaps and bounds in the last, you know, five to six years. And we're, you know, since we came on board and started doing gospel on the site, uh, so it is, it is just, it's just exploded. And you've been an integral part of that expansion uh, us being able to reach African-American churches uh, and black churches, not just in the U.S., but all across the world that are using our tracks uh, on a Sunday to Sunday, week to week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day of the week, people are utilizing our tracks. And this is something within the last five years, five years, six years ago was unheard of. Not You would have people that would use, you know, loops and click tracks in church. Right. But the vast majority of our of our genre or the vast majority of black 
and African-American churches uh, across the land were not utilizing stems uh, in the way that they're utilizing them now uh, mm -hmm. until we came and kind of revolutionized that area. So yeah. I want to kind of bring in and highlight and honor some of our producers that have helped us really because mm -hmm. no, none of us are, can do all of this thing, these things by ourselves unless right. God gives a, puts together a group of people. He puts together, you know, a, a collective of musicians mm -hmm. and producers yes. and like minds that come together and we change uh, the scope in the face of what, how things are done. So, uh, man, I want you to tell them, tell the people who you are, what you do, where you're based out of, uh, and give, give them that introduction. Right on. Well, Jan Hunter Jr. Uh, from Fairfield, California, and I'm a music producer, musician, and engineer. I've been doing this uh, professionally uh, since 2012, so eight years in the game. Wow. Uh, I've had the great pleasure to work with um, my homies from the Bay Area, Lauren Denise Bird, Louie Lou, Dale Anthony, Quinny, so many of the name, Chastity, my boy, mm -hmm. Justin Doss, and uh, then God has uh, opened some doors for me to be able to work with your Walls groups and your mm -hmm. Alex Walls, Aja Walls, and Jason White, Janine White, um, and uh, my sister, uh, Naomi Rain, with our recent uh, collaboration. So God has been faithful. So I'm just honored. Yeah, it is amazing, man. And I, I, we often have these conversations on a day-to-day -day basis, man, on how on just the goodness of God and allowing us to be able to do music full-time and support our families. Uh, Luke Community has been a great integral part of that, allowing us to be able to to do that for our families and stuff like that, man. Mm -hmm. So um, you have some amazing tracks on the site. I want to just I want you to highlight some of them. You know, you feel that some of the ones if you had to give them a handful of tracks to say if you want to check them out, check out this. I want you to give shoot them, shoot them, shoot them. This is a shameless plug moment for you to kind of shout out. You know, some of your favorites that you've had a chance to add to the site. Uh, the most recent for sure. So mention Go Jesus. Yeah. Um, there's something else. Oh, fight my battles. Uh, oh yeah, fight my battles. So the most recent ones. Um, but however, um, people are still using um the classics, gospel staples. So your Hallelujah, you're worthy to be praised. Judah mm -hmm. McAllister, uh, Lion of Judah. Um, but my favorites for sure will be the most recent, just because I started to integrate uh, a more modern production mm -hmm. uh, strategy. Um, instead of doing um, just your regular standard bass, guitar, drums, but, you know, I started really um, getting more intricate with the production, some more uh, sound effects, um, more just special colors. Um, so mm -hmm. that's why I would say the more recent ones will kind of be a little bit more palatable, palatable for yeah. um, your modern day worship. So for sure, uh, like I said earlier, Definitely. when we came on, uh, I really, I think my new favorite might be Atmosphere Shift because, um, <laughs> because it's, uh, it's a lot that's of the current one you're working on. But see, yeah. that's, that's the plight of, that's the plight of a producer. If you ask any real producer what his favorite song is, he's going to tell you the one I'm working on right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's just the way we operate. That's the way our mind works. You know what I'm saying? That's the way our mind works, and uh, it's the way it kind of goes, man. So, yeah, you've produced some great and amazing songs that are just, you know, being utilized. I think I got a tag the other day on the Luke Gospel page from someone that was using God is Great, you know. Oh, wow. uh, the first one. The first one. That was the very first track you did, and they're still 
using that like all across the you know the world especially in this time when nobody's you know really having physical church and they're utilizing uh stems more but yeah those tracks that you've done like mention and uh, i think you said surrounded that's a really 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 good one i really like, like your your approach on surrounded because it kind of blends the best of both worlds i think yeah, i talked yeah. about that in my last stream with uh aaron daniels that on a practical level some, some things that we can do or really have been doing for the last five years is helping to bridge the gap uh, in, for your multicultural churches that, that, that have that feel and they want multicultural worship and they want um, they want to have those songs that, uh, that speak to both sides that are musically in interesting for the African-Americans and yet lyrically sound that catches the, really, the, the real CCM audience. And yes. I think that's a great song that highlights that. So I would employ any of you guys that uh, are on the site and you're looking for a great version of Surrounded, Fight My Battles. Is it how I fight my battles? That whole thing. Uh, if you're looking for a great version of that song, check out Jan's version. Uh, it's it's just, it's really good. It's really good. The approach that he put, it's simple, to, to where, it's simple enough to where anybody could play it, but it's also tasteful enough to where uh, as a uh, producer, as a musician, as an African-American, as a black musician, that you're gonna feel like, hey, this this is good. This has got a vibe to it that I can rock with. You know what I mean? It's not the, as, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not trying to offend any of the, CC, the real CCM lovers. I'm not really trying to offend, offend, offend you guys at all, but um, in Africa, in our culture, in our gospel culture, especially amongst the musicians, I'll be quite honest, like we, we look at CCM as being very boring musically. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't have a lot of the chord changes and a lot of the the eclecticism. The chicken is seasoned. I like <laughs> yeah, that. I just saw that. I saw yeah, with some with some season on it. So what we what, what guys like Aaron and Jan are doing are they are Brit and even Marcus Murray. He'll be on it a little bit. He does a great job at it. Uh, really seasoning the chicken, so to speak. You know, chicken is good. But when you take some, when you take some real good, some of that lemon pepper and put it on there, you take some of that, you know, some teriyaki sauce and yeah, it's one four five four. Yeah, you know, you, you take, but you take, you take that one four five four and you put some, 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 some teriyaki sauce on it and you put a nice dry rub on it. You know what I mean? And and <laughs> it's go, it's gonna taste a whole lot better. You know what I mean? Going down. You know, because chicken is chicken and we all know, it, you know, the chicken is, you know, just tastes like chicken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if you put you put the right seasoning on it, then you uh -huh. have lines like they have at Chick-fil-A because of the way that they season their chicken. You know what I'm saying? And so Jan is like, Jan, guys like Jan and Aaron, they're uh, they're putting the, they're, they're putting the Chick-fil-A sauce on the chicken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what they're doing with their arrangements and stuff. So um, I wanted to kind of switch a little gear, switch tones here, of course, is, is what we, we, you know, one of the things we're here to do is also amongst highlighting you as a producer and highlighting uh, your uh, your tracks and, and all of those different things. We also want to highlight your story, you know, because, you know, we matter. Our stories matter. Who we are matter. You know, you know, to some people, you may just be a name on the page and they saw your track and they bought it. But they don't know the story. They don't understand the the breadth and the depth of who you are and what you've experienced. Uh, being an African American male, an African American producer, working in in, in different art, art, you know, all of these things play into the totality of who you are. So uh, I think I and I've asked all of our producers this question today about you know 
what are some of some some because these are this is the climate that we're in right now and yeah. so we want to we want to uh, speak to that climate and that is the whole purpose of it is highlighting our story so i want you to tell us some stories or a story whatever you got on some injustice some inequality that you've experienced no matter how big how small it may be um yeah uh it was surprisingly uh at berkeley and um this, oh, wow. is, this is a disclaimer this is not um something that i would say berkeley did intentionally by hiring this particular person this particular security guard um so i just mm. want to put that out there but there was a security guard uh from my berkeley family that's on here you guys know the 150 building they have <laughs> a, a security guard that monitors the elevators the elevators is what we take to go upstairs to our dorm rooms or okay. you know, the stairs uh, stairs and elevator so this particular security guard he was a white security guard and uh this happened on two occasions one occasion was um uh, during the day um i did we we usually have our um berkeley id cards Mm. And um, that's how they identify that, you know, you are a resident and, you know, they'll let you up. So this particular day, I didn't have my card, but there's a front desk that you can go to for informational purposes or guidance mm -hmm. wherever you want to go. So this particular security guard, um, Caucasian male, uh, looked like he was probably in his late 50s. Um, he refused to let me go upstairs. I didn't have my, wow. my card. And so how it works is, is you go to the front desk and uh, they will wave you up. They will literally okay. wave you up. They'll make eye contact with the security guard and say, hey, you know, wave him mm -hmm. up, take him up. And the security guard refused to let me go upstairs. Wow. He refused. And the, uh, the lady that was working at the desk was basically almost yelling across the lobby let him upstairs wow and so he finally let me up because it, it caused the scene yeah so you know everybody's looking around and it's like you know what i mean we got like hundreds of kids walk thousands of kids walking in and out the lobby to go to the classroom wow this that was the first offense the second offense was it was a late night and okay. same guy um, same guy late night okay. same guy and uh, we had we used to have jam sessions uh, in classrooms. We would rent out a classroom. You can rent it out from um, uh, a certain time period. So we would usually do like 10 to 12. That would be the normal time where none of the uh, faculty members or professors would have the classrooms. So we were finishing up a little jam and we were okay. Space and, bar. Uh, <laughs> space bar, you know, and so um we had our drums we had all our gear um and i have my badge and uh, my id card and uh one of my good friends he had what we call a guest pass okay so the guest pass has an expiration date so oh. i believe the guest pass just expired by midnight oh so wow that was all the ammunition he needed so I show up to the um, the elevator and, you know, I'm like, yo, here's my badge. My guy's with me. We're taking up here upstairs. We just had a jam session. We need to go up. It's like midnight. Mm -hmm. And so he told uh, my guy, you're not going anywhere. And so 
And he was like, you, you're not going anywhere either. I'm like, well, excuse me. Once again, here's my badge. Here's mm -hmm. my ID card. So before mm -hmm. we get too far left, here's yeah. my card once again. So he said, give me the card. So I give him the card. And so he was trying to find something wrong. I'm trying to find something. So he was just like, well, you go upstairs. He's not going anywhere. I'm like, wow. excuse me. He has a pass. Um, you know, it's midnight, obviously, tonight. But we we got all this gear. We got all this drums. We used to have drum sheds in classroom. Yeah. So, you know, you know how I go, man. All of mm -hmm, our mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, do. do I have to carry everything upstairs by myself? I had to carry everything upstairs by myself because this security guard would refuse to let us up. And it wasn't just because, you know, we didn't have our badge and we were being rebellious, but he was a racist. Come to find yeah. out, he was actually a legit racist. And, you know, in Boston, it's, you know, oh. Boston, Massachusetts, it's not. And again, this is this is a disclaimer. Once again, I'm not yeah, Boston. I'm not uh, bashing Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm not bashing Berkeley. This is the individual that was there uh, mm. that was racist. Eventually, he got let go. Mm. And so that was like, honestly, that was really uh, my first raw encounter with a racist. Um, yeah. It was really bad. I mean, really bad. Like, it was, I, I felt helpless. I felt angry yes and i felt the raw emotions of injustice like firsthand like i felt it for the first time this is in college yeah and, that's an experience man you know it was really and i, I really kind of condensed the story but like his attitude was really condescending mm -hmm. you know like oh you ain't going you're not going anywhere you know i'm like well you might as well have a, a baton or something and, and be ready yeah you know, so uh, my guy was gonna go upstairs anyway. I said, "Don't, don't do it, bro. We yeah. we don't want no, we don't want to be on the news." And yeah. so that was the first encounter um, in school. The second encounter I had was actually more recent, um, last year, mm. and uh, I was driving to Chick Fil A of all places, <laughs> and there was a cop right behind me. And so he turned his lights on. So I'm like, all right, you know, well, you ain't coming after me. I'm just minding my own business. So he turned the lights on at me. So I pulled into uh, the Chick-fil-A parking lot. And the officer was white. And he came, you know, to the window. I rolled it down, had my hands on the dash, had my hands uh -huh. up. So he was like, uh, you know, I stopped you, right? I said, uh, no, I don't, officer. I don't know why you stopped me. He said, uh, where's your where's your tags? Where's your updated tags uh, for your insurance? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I do need to put my tags on my car. I'm like, um, wow. I have I have my registration. Uh, he said, yeah, let me see. Let me see your registration. Let me see your license and registration. Like, already on a 1,000. Yeah. Just yeah. came in on a 1,000. I'm like, okay. I'm going to reach into my glove compartment. You had to probably vocally say that. My registration. Yes. So I get it out. So he's like, yeah, see, I knew it. See, I knew your registration was uh, was going to be invalid. It was expired by a month or so. Yeah. And so he was like, so where's your where's your registration? Where's your updated registration? I'm like, sir, um, I. it was an honest mistake. I need to put the, the tags back on. So 
he is like, well, you need to get your, you need to get your tags and you over here ignoring me. You see my lights on. Anytime you see lights, you pull over. Do I look like I want Chick-fil-A? I already had dinner. Do, do I look like I want Chick-fil-A right now? I'm like, sir, I thought everybody wanted Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but, you know, in the moment. But I get it, yeah. In the moment, I'm just like, do not say anything that will incriminate yourself. Do not do anything that will cause this person to literally pull out his gun and shoot me. Yeah. So, I reach into the glove compartment and I end up finding my updated registration. I found it. I found it. Oh. It was under some papers in there. So I, I said, um, officer, here's the updated registration with the tag. Yeah. So I showed it to him and uh, dude, you know, somebody, everybody wants Chick-fil-A. Yo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I want it right now, bro. Why don't you have these on? You need to put these on. You're over here wasting my time. You're wasting everybody's time. I'm like, I'm wasting your time and everybody's time. Okay, fine. So it was like, well, anytime you see lights, I don't care what lights you see. Anytime you see lights, you pull over to the right of money. Yes, ah, yes, Lord. What if the street light comes on? I mean, you know, anytime, to pull over? Said, anytime you see any lights, you pull over. I said, all right. Headlights? Yes, yes, yeah, officer. And that but was, that's, that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, yes, sir. You know, yes, 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 officer. So, you know, he went on about his day. And uh, it was evening time, actually. So he went on about his evening and stuff. And so, but it was the same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he, he definitely picked on me, man. Like, it was definitely a situation where I was caught off guard. And he knew he caught me off guard. Because I'm pulling into the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. And wow. so he comes on the intercom, pull over to the right. I'm like, yo, Jesus. man. Like, I'm just, just trying to get a chicken. I'm just salad. trying to get, I'm trying to get <laughs> food for my family. Like, that's it. I'm trying to get food for my wife. And so that was my two um, up close and personal experiences where I'm like, yo, like, the color of my skin actually matters in 2020. It still does. It does. Like, color it still skin, does. It doesn't matter um, if you are a, Billion, excuse me, billion dollar producer. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. It, it it actually makes it worse because now here you are, an African American on a different tax bracket, you know, driving an unusual vehicle in a nice oh. neighborhood, but the color of your skin says, you know, you can't have those things because of you know, yeah, where you look. And so yeah. um, that that's the that's the recurring theme. Yeah. that's been shared across the board in all of our interviews today. I shared even that that's it's real, man. When you when it, the the and 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 I think that's that's the whole one of the main purposes we wanted to do this is to we we want to try to our Caucasian and our white you know listeners uh, and watchers. We want to highlight what is the African American experience in America, mm -hmm. and you know the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And today we've had more than two witnesses that have said pretty much, you know, pretty much all of us have been saying the same thing in terms of the experience. Uh, and, you know, it's not just with cops. It's not just with that. It's just, it's just as a black man growing up in America, there are, and I said this in the last stream, there are files that are um, uploaded into your hard drive, you know, your mind. There are files that are uploaded in there. And those files, when you get enough files together, it creates an application. And 
and, and when you get enough applications together, you have an operating system. You know what I mean? And so it creates this operating system with all of these programs that are running in the background. Yeah. Running in the background. So it's not what's on the front of the computer. It's not what the screen is currently showing, but it's about what's running in the background. And as African-Americans, we have a lot of things running in the background that we're not, they're not conscious thoughts, but they're con they're, they're, they are conscious processes that are running in the background of our operating system that tell us how to operate. When you see blue lights, take your wallet out, put it on the dash, your hands on the steering wheel, you get your registration, you get all of that out. You put it first, you put yeah. it up there. And because, and, and you expect to be met with hostility. Even yeah. if the, it, you, you, it's like an expectation. You, you just think like, I, I would, yeah, you're already bracing yourself for what's the, what you think is become, even if the interaction is not that, you know, you still brace yourself for at any moment this can go south. You know what I mean? And a lot of our counterparts, our, our white counterparts, our white brothers and sisters, do not have that process running in the back of their mind. Mm. You know, you see it, you see, I've seen it even displayed in media. I've seen posts, I've seen that. I saw a post a few weeks ago, uh, and it was a, a, a young white man, and he posted, I guess he was doing a TikTok video with him and his white girlfriend, maybe, and it said how to, uh, how to, uh, interact how to it said something like how to survive an interaction with the police or something it was something crazy like that and so she has a white girl she walks through he pretends to be the officer he says he said excuse me ma'am where are you going um can i see your license can i see whatever and she says am i being arrested am i being detained mm. and he says no i just want to i just want your information she says okay you don't need to have it thank you and then she walks off and they said that this is how you're supposed to interact with a police officer. You're not, you're not obligated to give them any information if you're not being detained, which that is the rule of law of the land. But the reality of the fact <laughs> that, ex <laughs> that experience bro. is not the African-American experience. Yo, bro. <laughs> yo, man, you, yo, you, you doing good to make it out alive after that scenario. Yeah, in that scenario. And um, unfortunately, you actually now it another actually another scenario does come to mind that uh, there is a uh, there's a exit. It's a carpool exit um, that I've seen my family take for years, and uh, I've been taking that exit for years. It's like muscle memory, and wow. I forgot like you're by yourself, bro. You cannot mm -hmm. take the carpool exit to get to your grandma's house in Richmond. So I took the wow. exit, and the cops was already down there waiting. So I'm like, yeah, here we go. So I pull over and they're like, uh, yeah, you re you realize you're in the carpool lane, right? I said, yes, officer, I realize I was in the carpool lane. So so why were you in the carpool lane if you realize that? I said, sir, it was an honest mistake. An honest mistake? You you don't you don't you don't see the signs? You don't see all the carpool lane signs? I'm like, sir, it was an honest mistake. I I've been coming down here to my grandmother's house for years. It's literally muscle memory. Like I'm used yeah. to being with my family. So we always take this exit. So it's just muscle memory. It's just what I've learned over the mm -hmm. years. I've never been to my grandmother's house um taking the um the regular exit. Never, not once. We've never wow. taken I think the only time we've taken that exit was I think with my uncle. Um but outside of that we've always taken the carpool because we always went as family. 
So the one time I go, I'm like, you know, muscle memory. But anyway, yeah, super hostile, just over the top. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't see the signs? You can't see signs? I'm like, so now I can't see, so now I'm blind now. So I'm driving blind now, got it. You know what I mean? Like, you can't see signs. I said, sir, just honest with you. Okay. All right, well, pull over over here. Pull over to the right side. Yes, officer. So, you know, of course, they give me the biggest ticket ever. You know, no wow. mercy, no mercy whatsoever. Just immediately hostile. And I threw... I threw them off and he had to find something to escalate because I, I, uh, squashed the whole thing. I took one, I took responsibility, said it was yeah. an honest mistake. It was, uh -huh. That's on me. It was an honest mistake. They're not used to those type of responses. So now you got to make me engage me and, and get me riled up so I can give you the response you're looking for. Now that's you what it means. Yeah. I can't see signs. I'm blind now. I can't, Oh, you can't see signs now. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I had, so now, a, I had now an interaction similar to that. You know, now, yeah. now we got to have remarks. So I said, once again, officer, it's an honest mistake. So yeah. he got so mad, all he could do is just tell me to pull over. And he made sure to give me a ticket. That was the only thing he could do to, because I didn't give him any ammunition. And I didn't give him the, the usual, if you know, if you heard of Richmond, California, bro. If you heard, of, if you know about, you heard about Oakland, but I don't know if you know about Richmond. Now Richmond, know, like Richmond is where Richmond is where I really sown uh, my roots because my dad's church and school was in Richmond. So I went to both. Mm -hmm. I went to his private school and I went to his church. So we literally lived socially in Richmond. So wow. Richmond is no joke, bro. Like their highest crime rate, bro. Like no joke. So you know. Um, me driving down that carpool and they see it's a black person oh. they expect they already know but the sad part is uh is about richmond is when there's crimes going on they're nowhere to be found but when they're oh. ready to make quotas they're waiting they wait in the carpool exit late they they wait in the bushes for to catch somebody speeding to meet a quota but when someone gets shot or when oh. it's time to really have that aggressive action Oh, we we can't dispatch anyone to that area. We're not in that district. We don't support. We we have to come wow. um, after everything's said and done. We don't. We're not. What is it? That's not their uh, district county. That's not their county. Yeah. All of a sudden, but you guys are out here waiting for us mm -hmm. to make honest mistakes, like I did. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, it was it was bad. Like, and it was just sad that in those areas where you know richmond and oakland in these in these areas it's just sad that the response time for justice is so delayed man it's like you know since we on loop community it's like having the buffer size at 10 24 you try to track at 10 24 like that's the delayed response to when justice is needed you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, he didn't give a production that. analogy so, but it's true that's true man that's true it's just systematic and it's 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 sad um that we have to experience that i shared earlier that um the neighborhood that i live in right now is um is you know it is a very well-to-do uh you know neighborhood and um you know i'm afraid to send my kids out in the neighborhood you know what i mean because there's something something there's a part that, that again that operating system there's a process that's running there that I'm still 
in my life right now. That's a personal thing that I'm still trying to close that process. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to delete that file off my hard drive. But because of my experience in life, uh, it is that file is, is deep in there. and It's like a virus. And yeah. so what happens is when a virus, it duplicates itself on your computer. There are files, corrupt files that keep duplicating themselves, that keep duplicating. So you go in and you delete the file or you think you deleted the file and nope. it pops up in another place and it pops up in another place and it pops up again and then you go and clear it out again and then there it is again and your virus chasing. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but I think having conversations like this, this has been one of the most, I'll be honest, today has been one of the most freeing conversations I think I've been able to have in a long time because it's allowed me to delete some things off my hard drive. Yep. You know what I mean? By just having conversation, getting it out in the open, you know what I mean? Brilliant. Sharing those experiences because they're systematic and they make us uh, and have made us into, and those things are the, the reason why it goes in, it comes into our production. Those are the things that, that systematically it's in our production. You want to know, and me and you were having this conversation a few days ago, just a few days ago, when you're saying, you know, you know, how do you get to that level? That level, when you hear that music and you hear how amazing it sounds, you see how dope it sounds, you listen to it, and, and, and the response is, man, you don't know what I have to go through to get this sound. You, you, don't, you don't understand what I'm dealing with in my brain. You don't know that that, you don't know, you hear that track and it sounds so good, but you don't know that I was really dealing with some real drama yeah. And so the only way I knew how to deal with this drama was to come down here and get on my instrument. And this is what came out of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and and people don't see that. They don't know that. They don't understand. And just, oh, man, you're so dope. So amazing, man. That track sounds so good. It's, it's so good. But, yo, there's some there's some processes running on my hard drive that you don't see. Listen. There's some programs running in the background that you're not understanding what that uh, what's going on with that application is doing to my operating system right now. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 big stuff, man. Uh, I got my. I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you got some stuff to do. I got some other producers that, that I want to bring on as well to highlight because we don't want to belabor the time uh, as well. Because you know me and you, we can we 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 can keep this going all day, bro. We could, we we, we yeah. could be over here to five thirty, six o'clock. And we can just keep yeah. we can just keep going around the circle, and we can tell story after story. But uh, I just saw Brian um, uh, Williams pop up, and I wanted to get Brian uh, on and and to have a conversation with him. So I'm going to close you out, Jan, and I'm going to bring on uh, Mr. Brian Williams, uh, and then we'll bring Marcus Murray on after that. Yeah, I see him in the chat as well. So Brian, I'm going to end Jan, and then I want uh, and thank you, Jan. First, before I end you out, before I, before I kick you out, uh, give the people information on how they can find you, how they can follow you, how they can connect with you, where they can find your tracks on Loop Community, all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, so all social media is Y Hunter Music. So the letter Y, my last name, Hunter Music, all ran together. No space, no underscore, at Y Hunter Music. Um, my website is yhuntermusic.com. And then uh, on Loop Community, you can find, um, you can find my tracks there. Uh, I mean, you can uh you can go ahead and type in yeah you can just type in yard hunter music yeah, yeah is yeah. y hunter music on there or do are you using your username yard hunter it, it should be y hunter music one of the two you can type in y hunter music or yard and junior on, on loop community um and uh, i got some i got something that's gonna hit uh loop community well get submitted today 
and then uh, wait for it to get processed and everything. So thank you guys for this time, man, and uh, pray thank you, you guys man. have a, a blessed day. Thank you, sir. All right, Brian, I'm going to bring you on, man. Uh, go ahead and make that request as soon as I get Jan out of here. So we're waiting on Mr. Brian. I might can add him myself. Let me see if he's still on here. I might can do that. Where are you at? I saw him. Oh, there you are. Okay. I'm going to bring you in, Brian. Mr. B-Man Music. <laughs> My brother, man. What's going on? My brother, man. So, man, I appreciate you taking the time to jump in here with us, man. How's everything going in your day-to-day? -day? Man, it's going. It's going all right, though. Yeah, man. It's going all so, right. I want you to get, you know, again, we're, we're highlighting our producers today. We're highlighting, we're celebrating our African-American black um, creators that have contributed uh, so much to our, uh, our community and our website today. And Brian freaking <laughs> Williams. Okay, so, so let me tell you something. I'm a precursor. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the oh guy that God. gets up on the, on the podium before the man of God comes to the to to the pulpit, and I and I get to tell his bio and all of that stuff like that, you know, Brian Williams hails from <laughs> Seattle, Washington. You know what I mean? But no, this is one thing I will tell you about Brian, and and it's gonna speak for itself. If you go on to loopcommunity.com, if you type in loopcommunity.com and you scroll to the bottom of the page, there is a guy, it says, Mr. B-Man Music, he is the number one, I'm stressing, the number one producer on Loop Community right now. The number one, and he consistently holds the number one spot. This dude is like the Floyd Mayweather. May May a loop gospel. This kid is just killing the game with every track he did. Plus, he's got a he's got a gang of tracks. You got what like a hundred and what tracks on the site now? Um, I think last I checked, it was like one nineteen. Yeah, so you're killing <laughs> the game, and, and every one of them are smacking. I'm just saying, smacking. So Brian. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, we want to highlight these, these creators because, you know, uh, and, and, I, and I, we've been talking about it all day, that we want to start opening up the gate and showing the diversity that Loop Community has to offer. Because a lot of people who see, who when you go on loopcommunity.com and you see the tracks and you see uh, most of the tracks that you see, the top tracks and you see them populate the front page or mostly, you know, CCM tracks. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gives that perspective that, oh, it's just, it's just CCM, you know, this is you know, just lying in the lamb and, you know, so will I and, you know, all of these songs and stuff. But what you don't know is what's going on behind the scenes is there's a kid from, was it Saginaw? What, what, how, what, what is it that you, you're originally from? I don't want to say Saginaw, I'm going to put you up in Michigan. You in Seattle, right? Seattle. Mm -hmm. Seattle, Washington. Born kid from Seattle, Seattle, Washington, that is killing the game at number one. So uh, I want to give you an opportunity, man, to just share with the people who you are, where you're from. Um, just tell them whatever you want the people to know about you, bro. Um, I, I, I use Seattle just because that's like a, a, a important mm -hmm. city. That's like an important city. But really, I'm, I'm 
born and raised in Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma, that's what I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah, Tacoma, Washington. Um, man, doing this for professionally for uh, 10 years, maybe. Wow. Maybe. Been with Luke Community for five, I want to say mm -hmm. five years. Um, I'm actually the, I'm the first generation musician in my family. Really? Um, yeah. Um, I didn't know that. I, I, I learned this. I learned that just last year. Like my, like my dad, you know, played, he tickled on drums and he plucked barely on guitar. But wow. recently I had a talk with my grandpa and um, he just randomly said, uh, you know, man, we don't, nobody knows where the musical gene came from. I wow. Really? I thought, I thought, um, I thought, you know, I thought dad did this and dad did that. He said, oh yeah, he did it, but the, the musical gene, like nobody knows where that came from. So I'm like, wow. I, and so I'm a first generational musician? He said, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. Wow. So yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, outside of that, I like burgers. I like chicken. I like, I like candy. I like, you know, I get it, man, but you, you're killing the game though. I'll tell you something about, I'll tell you something, one thing about I, I have come to learn and really understand about Brian. He epitomizes the word humble. I will say that about him. You know, I do, at least my experience with you. Now, I can't speak for anybody else's interaction. <laughs> you might have had some prideful interactions with some other people. That I don't know about. I've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but the interaction—at least the interactions I've had with Brian in the last five years—have all been pretty humble. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we talk just about every day. If it's not, if it's not, if it's, at some point, if I don't hear from Brian in two days, I'm like, yo, 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 y'all, you still alive? Him and Marcus, y'all still alive? Y'all still alive? Y'all okay? Y'all, yeah, holding on. And it don't even be it don't even be music, it just be life. It's, it's life. It's life. <laughs> we, we we talk about it. We just talk about life. We talk about man stuff. We talk about, you know, um, I, my wife is not on the screen, so I can say I, she, we talk about how our our, our our wives get on our nerves. <laughs> we talk about, we talk about just random stuff. When I get a text that says when I get a text that says, bro, can 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 look, I need to talk. I already know. <laughs> I already know what's going on. So, you know what I mean? It's but it's good to have brothers that you can that, that not only that you can create with, that you can work with, that you can vibe with, but uh and such with. Uh I think I lost Brian. You still there, B? Yep. Okay. I think it is lost. Okay, cool. So um um, one thing I, I'll say this about Brian, then we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump in another leg, switch tone a little bit. One thing I'll say about Brian. Brian, this is the crazy thing about Brian. This was when when I when we first started Gospel Multi Tracks, when we first linked up with Luke Community and really got this this ball rolling. Brian was one of the first producers that I reached out to to be a part of this thing. Now I had talked to before prior to Brian, I had probably talked to about at least two dozen producers and maybe two out of those those 20 producers that I talked to were interested in doing with in working with us and then I called Brian I, I, re, I saw him post something on IG I reached out to him I said hey man didn't know him from Adam 
I was like, yo, I'm, I'm looking for some producers to really help me. You know, we're going to come change, can come, just, let's just change the world. That's, I think it was something in there. Like, I'm trying to change the game uh, with, in, in the gospel area. We're trying to do stems and multi tracks. And he said, yeah, man, shoot. He, here's my number. He shoots me his number. I was like, I, I, I want to talk to you about it. So I, I, I call him. When I say this was the shortest, the shortest conversation I ever had with a producer in the history of what I've been in doing this. Most of the time I've spent 20, 30, 35 minutes trying to explain to the producer, this is what we do. This is what we need. This is how much you stand to make. This is what the platform is. I spend a whole half an hour. Our conversation was legit 45 seconds. <laughs> I called Brian. I said, yo, man. So I was like, this is what we do. This is what we do. I, I'm in, and he just the whole time, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah. so you just need me Just you need me to upload some tracks? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. Hung up the phone. I was like, this guy's not going to do anything. A week later, I had 14 tracks. <laughs> a week later, not even talking to him again. I just logged into the to the back end of Loop Community. I had fourteen tracks from Brian Williams, yep. and that was the start. And this kid just started just killing the game ever since. And that is why he is number one, uh, the number one producer on the site right now. You guys, I wish you guys could really understand that. He's, he's the, the, but he worked. He's worked. He works hard to maintain that position, and he creates some really good tracks that are being used all across the world right now. Legit, all across the world, all the way from Tacoma, Washington. You're touching the entire planet. Yep. So, hold on one second. Let me. My AirPod went dead. Okay, I think I'm back. All right. So, yeah. Um. I wanted to I wanted to throw 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 something at you. We've been kind of highlighting uh, not just our story, not just our music, but also our stories. Uh, and I've mm -hmm. asked this question to just about everybody: Do you have any you know stories? Because we want to bring in a lot of this climate that we're in. We want to bring um, you know light shed light on you know some of the experiences that we have as African Americans, some of the injustice, the inequality, uh, things that we've experienced. I shared earlier in an earlier stream that um, I was once pulled, not pulled over, I actually had a car accident. A, a, um, a white lady hit me, mm -hmm. came into my lane, it was raining, she slid, came to my lane, hit me. Run of the mill accident happens every day, can happen to anybody, probably happened right now, somebody had a car accident while we sitting here talking on this screen. And so um, the officer comes up to do the police report which is customary. My son is in the back seat crying because he was a little baby. This is about 15 years ago. He's crying. Baby's crying. I go to, uh, you know, the white officer was talking to the white lady about, you know, just getting there and really young. I go to open up my door to check on my son who was crying and he instantly draws the weapon and he's like, sir, sir, get away from the car. Get away from the door. Shut the door. Get, get away from the door. Do not go there. Do not reach in. He, he's, just, he's just going in. I'm just like, yo, 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 whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. And I was like, I'm just trying to check on my son. He's in the back seat. He's crying. You know, it's a baby. He's, he's like six months old. And, and the white lady is the one who stopped the officer. 
she actually grabbed his arm and she said, uh, and imagine if, if it had been a black person that would grab his arm, that would have been a whole different story, but she yeah. actually grabbed his arm and she told him, she's like, no officer, she said, it's my fault. The whole accident was my fault. I hit him. He did not hit me. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? It was like automatically I was the aggressor and looked at and yeah. viewed that as the aggressor yeah. in the situation, which was something as simple as a car accident. Yeah. But I was viewed as the aggressor. And the um and so, you know, he he, he put his gun up and we we, you know, it was a that was it that was my one of my first interactions I can remember negative. There's been others, yeah. uh, but just stirring the pot, that's something that kind of the kind of like my when all of this started coming up, I started thinking about it and I was like, wow, yeah, that did happen. Yeah. And I was like, I could have been a number. I just I could have been another statistic. And that was way before like this was oh six. So this was before, you know, Facebook, social media, camera phones and yeah. all of that stuff was, you know, was was popping. And so I just would have been another nameless situation that happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Back then it would have been it wouldn't have been a social movement around it. It wouldn't have been anything like that. You know, it just would have been always oh, a black man that got shot during a traffic incident, you know. Yeah. You know, and you know, they they would have tried to justify he was reaching for a gun. I was afraid for my life, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't see how you could come into a traffic accident with that mentality. It shows the type of mentality, but I, I, you know, I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to talk to our, our, our creators, our producers and see are their stories uh, because these, these stories have been helping to change people's perspective. I've been getting messages and texts and uh, DMs and stuff all day from people that are saying from my Caucasian brothers that are saying that this is really helping them to empathize and see what the African-American experience is. So I don't know if that was a story that you had to share that you that you've experienced in your life yeah i mean the biggest the the biggest one that i thought of that stands out to me um was i was i was in high school senior year 17 and i mean it's normal it's normal you know i was i was about five minutes away from this little plaza and I mean, it had a Safeway, had a you know, had a pizza joint, and um, and a Taco Bell. Spent most of my time at this Taco Bell. Um, but on this particular day, uh, you know, I do my normal. You know, I, I you know go there, get my chicken tortillas, you know, and um, I asked for a water cup because you know back then you know, we weren't making money like that, so. Uh, we don't get a soda. We get a cup of water. A cup of water is free. Right. <laughs> like little thing like that. <laughs> but for some reason, on this particular day, you know, I was ordered from this uh, Caucasian woman, and you know, I had the Caucasian manager there. You know, mm-hmm. um, and the Caucasian manager, he he's seen me. You know, he's he. I'm, I'm a you know, I'm kind of regular there. I go there on my lunch, thirty minutes. Go there on my lunch. But this particular day, you know, I, I take my order with the with the Caucasian lady, and I'm like, "Hey, can I have a water cup?" Cool. Um, and for some reason, she thought that I was um, stealing from them, getting um, putting soda in the water cup when I'm getting water. And so she gets frantic, and um, she tells her uh, manager. And the manager, 
I mean, immediately get defensive, like pointing, like you do that again, I'm gonna call the cops. And I'm looking like, yo, wow. this is water in here. And I looked, and I, I went up to him, I showed him, like, hey, this is water in here. And like, wow, I remember seeing the the uh, the Caucasian lady's face, like she was scared when I was coming up to it. I'm like. You don't have to be afraid. I'm just showing you, hey, this is water. Like, I'm this not is water. stealing. Like, but it was just the automatic assumption of, oh, this person's stealing from us. And so we need to do something. Wow. And it's, it's, it's crazy just looking at, like, everything going on in the world. Everything, like, this stuff's happened. Like, another situation that happened, um, not even to me, but to my fiance. Wow. Ever since this happened, like, she was, like, just going to the grocery store, you know? Um, two instances where, one, she almost got, she almost got hit, um, and the, the, the gentleman looking at her, the gentleman going at her was, you know, cussing her out and just, just saying all kinds of stuff. Jeez. Just really being aggressive at her. And then the other time was her being in the store and just how she was being looked at as she was doing what she normally does. Like, yeah, it's, it's just this little stuff that, mm -hmm. that ever since this has happened, it, it's triggered people in their minds like, oh, this is how we got to think about it now. Like, mm. I, it, it's tricky, like, to where before any of this happened, that wasn't even a thought. None of this was, it wasn't. like, none of this was a thought. And it's like, even now for myself, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm like working at my job, yeah. my, my natural job, and I have never seen so many people afraid for their lives. Wow. Like, I'm talking like, sorry, I got a, sorry, got a phone call. I'm talking <laughs> like big companies, um, talking about big companies, like, afraid for their lives. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, I'm scared to go back. Even myself, I've even expressed yeah. them, like, hey, I understand I'm working from home. I understand eventually yeah. I'm going to have to come back into work. But to be perfectly honest with you, I'm kind of anxious to come back to work. Mm -hmm. Because even in this time, there, you know, there's some people that are in the store back in work. And... Mm -hmm they are experiencing certain things and work like right now. And I'm just like, man, it's better for me to stay home. To stay it's home. Better yeah. for my, my, you know, me, my fiance to stay, stay home. Like, I yeah. her, like yeah. I'd rather you stay home than to go out there in that stuff. And absolutely. And, 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 and like, even the things to think about, like I, I get married, I can marry you for months. Like, Eventually, I have to. I'm a. I'm a start a family in this stuff. Right. Like that part. I'm legit. If there was a time, if there was any time where I was more afraid or more scared to bring kids into this world, it's this time right, right now. Now is it? Mind you, this this is not taken away from my desire to want to have them. Or exactly. to want to start a family or anything like that. Trust me, mm -hmm. more than anything in life itself, that's what I want to do. But I can't help 
and people out, I'm sure people out there cannot help to yeah. be anxious about something like that. When your kids to this, well, even 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 having a, a you know a stepson and things like that, because my yeah. my, my fiance has a stepson, and even I think about him, and I'm just like, yeah. man, mm -hmm. the purity mm -hmm. of the purity of his heart and things like that, and the fact that he got to grow up in this world. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's something to, I'm telling you, and, and you know me, I have, we talked about it. I got three, I have six kids all together. I have three, I got three boys. Now I worry about my girls, but as a dad, I'm, I, I'm instinctively protective over my girls. But, uh, as a, as a father of boys, um, it's a different kind of instinct that rises up because again, our young black men, are the ones that are the target. You know, you, you hear about older, you know, well, you know, of course, uh, George Floyd was in his 40s. Mm -hmm. um, but more often than not, these stories uh, and these things happen to our younger black men, um, you know, in their 20s and in their teens and, you know, in their, in, in their 30s, you know, early 30s and stuff. You hear about all these things that happen. And so when I look at my boys, um, there are days when I am, I am, I am like thoroughly anxious about it. And even thinking about it now, I can almost feel just the tears, you know, kind of welling up because you think, you know, you, 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 you see this stuff happening and you see these images and you think about, like you said, the purity of how they look at, the purity of how they look at things and, and they don't see or nor they experience the things that we've experienced, the inequality, the injustice. And so I've got boys now that are entering into their teenage years. Uh, I got one that is a teenager, I got one that is a teenager, and I got two that are like a, a year, a couple of years from having like a house full of teenagers. And so I'm having these, uh, these converse, I'm looking at having these conversations with these guys, um, you know, and I'm not talking about sex talk, I'm talking about how you interact with police talk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How you interact with th those are talks that we have to have uh, with our with our children uh, as African Americans. And it's sad that we have uh, have to have these talks. That we have to have these things. Uh, I'm about to run out of time on this stream. I got about a minute and a half left before <laughs> this stream ends. I know you, Instagram gives you this this timer now when you've been on an hour. Uh, so I'm gonna have to pause. Then I need to bring a couple of other people on anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, uh, real quick, Brian, you got yep. about a minute and eleven seconds. Give uh, give the people uh, a a um, how they can connect with you, how they can reach you, how they can find your tracks <laughs> on the site. I mean, go to loopcommunity.com. Um, just type my name, Brian Williams, and you, you should find me. Um, all social media uh, is, you know, Facebook.com, Mr. B-Man Music, YouTube.com, Mr. B-Man Music. You'll find content on YouTube that you don't see on Loop Community um, as far as, like, other stuff that I make. Um, SoundCloud.com, Mr. B-Man Music, Instagram.com, Mr. B-Man Music. I mean, just go. Just, just, just go. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we, we appreciate you taking out the time. Again, the number one contributor, number one producer on uh, God on I want to say I want to say gospel on gospel tracks on Loop Gospel and on Loop Community.
he is just the man. So go check him out. Go check out his tracks. We got 15 seconds. I'm going to hop back on for those of you who want to continue the conversation with us. And I'm going to have on my good friend Marcus Murray and my guy um, uh, Sheridan Williams. Uh, we're going to have some, converse, some more conversation. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Holla at your boy. Yes, sir.